Heavenly Father, today we put on the full armor to protect us against attack. We put on the belt of truth to protect against lies and deception. We put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts from the temptations. We put the gospel of peace on our feet to walk in your light, peace, and freedom with the Holy Spirit. We rebuke anxious thoughts. We take up your shield of faith for protection to block and destroy all the darts and threats thrown at us by the enemy. We put on the helmet of salvation to cover our minds and thoughts, reminding us that we are children of a mighty king. We are forgiven, set free, saved by the blood of Jesus. We take up the sword of the spirit, your living word, that has the power to demolish strongholds and is sharper than any double-edged sword. We come to you, Lord, in prayer daily. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. What's up, you guys? Welcome to The Imagination. I'm your host, Emma, and today I'm honored to have back on the show for a third time SRA, child sex trafficking, medical experimentation, and MK Ultra survivor, Beaumont child murder whistleblower, podcaster, content creator, entrepreneur, and founder of Sixth Science, walking miracle and absolute inspiration, Rachel Vaughn. In case you missed Rachel's amazing first episode, here's a brief synopsis of her survivor testimony for those of you who might be new here. Rachel was born in Adelaide, Southern Australia, to a multi-generational incest-based Illuminati bloodline family that hails from the Kennedy family. Daughter to a mind-controlled mother and a psychopathic father, Rachel's abuse began as a toddler at the hands of her father and continued as she was passed off to other members of the satanic cult he was a part of. Her and her three siblings suffered horrendous abuses at the hands of the same people who should have been protecting them and had nowhere to turn as they watched police and authorities not only partake in abuse, but work overtime to ensure any abuse allegations would never see the light of day. Rachel and her siblings not only tried whistleblowing their own abuse, but are still to this day blowing the whistle on their father's involvement in the Beaumont child murder mystery case, which still to this day is one of Australia's most infinite, infamous unsolved murder mysteries. Rachel was able to escape the cult at 16 and ever since has been in the fight of her life to expose the crimes committed at the hands of her father and others, some of whom still walk free today. Rachel began speaking out to authorities in 2006 and after every avenue had been exhausted and getting her allegations investigated, Rachel took matters into her own hands and began speaking out publicly on podcasts and interviews in 2018. Rachel has now spoken on dozens of interviews and continues to bring awareness to her father's crimes and to shine a light on the horrors she experienced that she knows are still happening to innocent children to this day. If you miss Rachel's testimony episode or the amazing spiritual gifts and psychic abilities panel episode we did, I'll have those linked below in the show notes for you guys. Although Rachel's childhood may have looked like something straight out of a horror movie, what she has done with her experiences now as an adult is nothing short of miraculous and awe-inspiring. Rachel not only overcame every barrier put in her path to ensure her silence, but she also took the spiritual gifts that were used to exploit her as a child, and she turned them into powerful ways to fight against the enemy and to teach and empower others how to do exactly the same. Rachel's biz- business, Sixth Science, focuses on providing information, education, and workshops centered around helping people understand and develop their own spiritual gifts while also finding their true purpose in life. Today, we are going to be learning about Rachel's path to reclaiming her spiritual gifts, 
how she's been using these gifts over the past 20 plus years to make the world a better place, as well as a deep dive into some fascinating topics Rachel specializes in and teaches about in her psychic development courses she runs year round, such as auras and even ley lines. We have so much to learn from Rachel, and I ask that you all please give her your full attention as we learn some new things together today. Before I finish introducing today's guest, I wanted to give just a couple reminders and updates. If you'd like to be on the podcast as a guest or share any information privately with me, please email me at imaginabetterworld2020 at gmail.com. You can also use this email if you'd like to be a part of my new book series featuring written survivor testimonies. You can find the video with all the details on how to submit your testimony on any of my podcast channels. And lastly, I'd love your support on Substack, where I'm taking up investigative journalism as an outlet for me to share about the podcast, guests, and my advocacy work. And you can subscribe to me there at www.emmacatherine.substack.com. All my links are in the show notes, and I'd love your support across all platforms. Thank you all for caring so deeply about survivors and for helping to make this the safest space on the internet for survivor and whistleblower disclosures. So you guys, without further ado, please help me in welcoming voice for the voiceless, hero, survivor, overcomer, generational circuit breaker, anti-child abuse advocate, entrepreneur, and spiritual warrior, the one, the only, Rachel Vaughn. Rachel, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, darling, honestly, I, I could pay you for that. You should be a therapist. It's <laughs> <Thanks laughs> interesting. It was so beautiful. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's, it's hard for me sometimes to put into words like how amazing these stories are, you know, and learning about what you've all overcome and and also understanding that you weren't told these things growing up, you know. So it's such an honor to get to share, in my opinion, like what makes all of you so special and and all the amazing things and to be able to thank you for all that, that that you're doing to teach people like me how the world actually is. You know, it's beautiful. And I'm really excited to, to talk more about you today, Rachel. Um, the last conversation we had, we went over your harrowing testimony. And for people listening, I'll have that in the show notes. But today we're actually going to be talking about what Rachel does now in her life and how she got here and all of the amazing things that she has done with her story to give it purpose instead of letting her story use her. So I'm really excited to dive into some of these special gifts that you've created from your own gifts, Rachel. And so I wanted to start with a little question about you. And I'd love to know, how did you choose the career path that you did as a psychic, especially given the fact that these gifts were exploited whenever you were a child and you were, it was really, you know, forbade in a lot of ways for you to use these gifts outside of the cult. They put a lot of fear against you using them in your own time. And somehow you've overcame all of that. And I'd love to learn sort of your path on how you got there. Lovely. Thank you, Dallin. Uh, well, so just to sort of go backwards a little bit. So I, just like my abuse memories, there were always some memories of having had these psychic abilities as a child. I would have prophetic dreams where I would see the future in my dreams and then those um, dreams would come true. At the age of 14, I had um, a car accident. I was hit off my bike intentionally. My father had organised for somebody to try and kill me. I didn't have a helmet on. Um, and I had a severe concussion, fractured skull, and was unconscious for 30 minutes before um, before the ambulance came and during the trip to the hospital. And in that 30 minutes, I had three weeks of my life played out 
before I woke up, every moment, every detail, every conversation, everything. So that when I woke up, had had a recovery period, everything that I had seen in that in that half hour of being in that in that forward projection um, came true. So that was really intensely profound. Um, interestingly, and this happens for a lot of people, my IQ seems seemed to have jumped up as well during that process. I went from being a very mediocre student to suddenly thinking, and I'm not sure if it's just because I started to make the effort, but people who have had head injuries or severe concussions can actually get a high higher IQ from the experience and near-death experiences can do that to you as well. I don't think I nearly died in that process. I think I just simply saw the future, like a lot of the future, like very detailed um, in a very short period of time. And it's interesting, in my consciousness, I was still riding my bike. I'd been hit off the bike, but I, in my consciousness, I kept riding. And in my consciousness of while well, I was having a fit on the ground because I had a, an epileptic fit during the during the the half hour that I was unconscious, I was actually saying to myself as I'm riding my bike home in my in my mind or on my soul journey, um, you know, that idiot nearly hit me. It, it's quite amazing. So and then, so you know, it's interesting. You know, it, it's possible that that was the three weeks that I was going to have if that if I hadn't been hit. But yeah, the, the number of Deja vu moments that I had for the following three weeks was just uncanny. The conversations I had with my friends, it was really full on. So, yeah, and um, I, I thought because I missed quite a bit of school, I thought I was going to have to be held back, um, go to, you know, and be held back away from my friends, which is my like my, my support structure, um, because I'd had all this time off. But instead I actually did extremely well um, in school that year. So, um, and that's another thing with people who go through severe abuse. And this is also around this was um, my father did take me to the man's house that hit me off my bike that he'd organised this with and tried to get me to apologise to him. Um, so my self-righteousness self -righteousness at the age of 14 was um, really on fire. Um, and I got quite a bit of my power back from my father around that time. Um, but I was still stuck in the cult for another couple of years. Um so with my psychic ability, again, you know, there were there were all these really weird experiences that I had um, that I was, I did have memory of. Uh, around 2003, I had a repetitive strain injury, which ended up being fibromyalgia, but was actually really a trauma response to memories coming up. From, from about 2000 onwards, I'd had a near rape experience hidden under a bed that brought up all these memories of what had happened to me as a child, hiding under my bed from my father. Uh, so, you know, all these memories started leaking through and then I just, I got to the point where I could barely walk. I was in extreme pain. I couldn't use my arms because um, of the RSI. And I happened to be working in this crystal shop um, and people kept coming in for readings. The, the reader wasn't available and the person I was working for suggested that I do it because I she'd asked me questions and I'd had psychic impressions about it come true so she said you could do it so I tried first I started um, drawing people's spirit guides and then it just pro progressed from there um, and it was basically because I didn't really have anything else I could do I could working in the shop I was just doing it um, just really just to help out I wasn't getting paid so I went into it that way it's really quite interesting and I suddenly found all these gifts that were latent that had been hidden <laughs> I remember uh, speaking to my father about it before I finally cut him out of my life around 2005. And his first reaction was, you'll get sued. 
it wasn't because I just told him I can see the future. It's really freaky, you know, and I'm having all these amazing experiences. And his his first reaction was, you'll get sued. He was furious. He was absolutely furious, furious, because I'd, I'd, I'd worked something out that there's no way he could have handled that. It's interesting, too, at the time he had um, what's called achalasia, where he couldn't swallow anything. He was coughing all the time. He'd lost an enormous amount of weight, and he was very, very, very sick for quite a while. Um, had to sleep upright, you know. Um, I'm, I don't mean to smile, but, you know, I really hated this person. So <laughs> at the time, you know, um, yeah. Um, and I remember saying to him, you know, because I, I had this ability to pick up on things and I worked out what chakras were, were and how, the, you know, if you get an occlusion in a chakra space, you you will not be able to. If, you, if your throat's occluded chakra-wise, you won't be able to swallow. It's because you can't speak your truth. And I said that to him and he was absolutely livid. So from that point, the memories flooded in. Um, there was a couple of other incidents that occurred just shortly after that and the memories sort of started flooding in. So all of that, all into it's interesting, I think, opening up the psychic ability and realising that also allowed the memories to come in because they were all they were all attached. So no wonder he was so furious about me daring to remember. So from that point, um, I started doing readings quite regularly at markets and, and various other places and then it just built and built and built. Um, so I've got a really good... Uh, connection to my higher self, my spirit guides, and interestingly, through that process, so I've been doing professional readings for 20 years, and in that time, my connection with my guides, I'm now able to pick up on times where they basically, you know, I've had many near-death experiences where they, they've reminded me of the times that I was on the other side and we made agreements with each other about I would I would go back if... I could do this and I would go back if they would help me with that. And so what I'm doing now, which is I think the most important thing that I have done, hopefully there'll be more important things that I'll do later on, but I was taken to open-air rituals as a child and saw the most horrific things that I won't talk too much about today. These creatures, these Satanists do these open-air rituals outside in portal spaces in the lay lines of the earth and the portals of the earth. So they do this out in the open where they can be caught, where people could film them. They do this, it's so important to them because what they're doing is they're programming those ley lines and portals for rape, torture, murder, death, misery. Um, it opens up portals and doorways for them to have negative entities come in, um, but it also programs the lays, which if you look at the earth, um, so I don't know... Um, how much your audience is aware of chakras, but they are energy centers in the body. The aura is actually the soul that doesn't fit in the body. So the aura and the soul operates through the body, through the chakras and meridians to operate the body like a, like a puppet. So basically um, the earth also has this. The earth has chakras and meridians. The meridians are the ley lines and the chakra points are places like Glastonbury Tour in the UK. That's the heart chakra. Um, in Australia, we have Uluru, which is a big orange rock, which is very appropriate because the sacra is the sacral chakra, um, or it's one of the ovaries um, within that sacral space. Um, Wilpina Pound in South Australia is the actual womb. It's quite amazing how this will actually, um, it, it, you know, when you look at the the earth, you can see all these topographical sort of anomalies, or, or it's not an anomaly, it's meant to be that way, That that is a representation of 
because uh, we're a fractal of of the multiverse, basically. Each, each human being is a fractal of the universe. The Earth is the same. She's she shows the importance of the um, the mammalian, particularly um, structure that um, that we that we hold. So all of those portal spaces, um, and again, these really really powerful chakra spaces are where the dragon lines cross. So each ley line has a different fretwell, has a has a size and a frequency. The biggest, the most powerful, are called dragon lines, and there are three pairs plus another three that came in over 2017, 2018, and 2019, which is a big influx. You've got from three pairs to now there's an extra three. So that means that we have this incredible, powerful awakening going on. And that's that's what the whole process is. So when you hear about people talking about this awakening, it's actually in the lays as well. The earth is waking up too, and she's coming to a higher frequency. So what I'm doing, having been part of these horrific rituals, in these portal spaces, knowing what they were doing that for, I'm now on a bit of a quest, a bit of a mission, to help people to understand where to find the lays because um, as um, one gentleman who wrote a book on ley lines, Rory Duff, has said, there's not one square kilometre on the face of the earth that doesn't have at least one ley line in it. Some areas have like dozens or, or, or huge numbers and he's actually mapped it out in areas of the UK. So if you know what to look for, you can go out into these layers, and this is my mission, so that we can go out, find them, sit within them with energetic protection because, again, it's not just angelic doorways that lead into these spaces. There are dark doorways too. But if we go in and if we're powerful enough and we have the intent to change that frequency from what the Satanists are doing to love, intent of prosperity and health, and the earth coming to a higher frequency, we can win the energetic war very, very quickly. Now, if for those that might not understand how significant that is, these Satanists do these things out in the open air at the chance of being, being exposed because it is so important to them. So if it is so important to them, and they are only a small number of people, there are so many more of us than there are of them, we can do this, we can change this frequency so that's that's what I feel I survived for. It's not just to give my testimony. It's not just to help people on a daily basis with my readings. It's to do this. This is this is extremely important. So bless you again, Emma. Thank you for bringing me on because I know you know you've got a very beautiful audience of people, and I know how much because I've quite a few of them have contacted me um, since I've been on your podcast and said you know this is important what you're doing. This is even more important. So the exposure of the satanic stuff had to come first and then this work. And if you look at all of the arenas, like these big stadiums, they're also in incredibly powerful portal spaces. So, and they do that for a reason. So they don't they don't put on really nice shows with, you know, nice people who go to these big arenas. We've got all these MK Ultra slaves that go into those arenas and have all this satanic stuff and these Subliminal messages are really just bloody obvious mes- messages coming up on screens and stuff. Um, they are doing that to, to capture that loose energy because that is mind-controlled energy that goes into the space then, goes into the layers and the portals. So I'm trying to undo that. That is so <sighs> beautiful. I think that's yeah. so special. And that's why this is important because that's the thing for me is our enemies know so – they walk circles around – everybody pretty much that's on 
the other side of this, aside from survivors, because people want to stay in a box, essentially, that fits whatever their belief system is, and they're not willing to go outside of that, even to tiptoe out. And so I'm under the impression myself where it's like, I don't have to partake in and, you know, uh, even invite into my own belief systems, certain things like I learn about Satanism, because I want to, I want to know what it is so I can know what I'm fighting against. Like, I want to know what Freemasonry is and what these different sectors of society are that are secret and what these secrets are. Because if I don't know that, I have a Masonic Lodge two miles down the street from me, you know, and it's just there in my community. It's right by two, you know, I think preschools or elementary schools or something like that. And it's like, People drive by that every day. I would too if I didn't know what it was, you know? So we need to understand what our enemy knows. We need to understand the secrets that they don't want to get out. Not because it has everything that we learn, we have to invite in as our own beliefs, but we have to learn what the enemy knows so we know how to defend ourselves against it. And I think this is so powerful what you're doing because like you said, the whole energetic component, This we live in a really spiritual world, you know? And it's, it's very evident the more of these stories and testimonies that that I hear, it opens up my mind to just what a, a supernatural and spiritual being I am and how supernatural and spiritual the world is and how conditioned we are to just focus on the physical aspect of it. You know, and one of the things that I wanted to share with you that while you were talking to me, it reminded me of, I listened to this podcast, I want to say maybe two years ago or something. And I think about it a lot now because it, 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 had an impact on me then, but now the more that I that I age and the the more time goes by in my own life, like I value having good energy around me. And there was this podcast I listened to where this guy was talking about how he goes into different parts of the world and he sets up a camera that records video and sound and he'll just leave the camera on for hours on end and then he'll take it home and listen to it. And he was like it's really interesting because if you listen to the orchestra that nature makes, it changes when you're in a city, when you're in a, a developmental community where there's stores or where there's homes, you know, there's a vast difference in in the frequencies that are around us, the energies that, that are on a sound. It's like the, all these sounds together, every bird has a different sound. Every animal has a different sound. Every every frog has a different sound. And it's like they all have these different tones that they've developed. And it creates this like orchestra that is like a frequency on the world, you know? And I listened to that and I was like, that is such a neat way to think about that, you know, that's a good way to gauge if you're in a healthy environment. Like just go outside and listen, you know? Yeah. But things we're, we're taught to like go live in a city and like take yourselves away from like who you are as a human you know and so we get so far away from that thinking that material things matter thinking that living in these loud big cities and partying and drinking alcohol you know when in fact like we should be coming back to this information that people like you are teaching that really goes back into who we are and how powerful we are with being able to not just heal ourselves but to be able to actually have an impact on the planet for free like it doesn't cost anything to go in nature and find a ley line, you know, or to learn what that could look like and, and go scout out a little area around you, you know. And so I just want to thank you too, Rachel, for what you're doing, because we get so far away from being able to think outside of our boxes and being flexible enough to understand the world that we live in. And like your world, your work really helps ground us back to that. 
Well, thank you, Dallin. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, with the with the orchestra that that nature creates because songbirds are often considered emissaries from angels, and they are literally singing up the earth. You know, they they can clear and change frequencies um, around them with their song. So they're doing great work with everything that they do. And speaking about frequencies, you know, there used to be church bells. Now, most people don't realise that most churches are sited on lays, on significant points. So now this is really well known in the UK, but it's not so well known elsewhere. So they they choose specific locations, and it's usually a Freemason that sites it, sorry to say. Um, but then they would have, the church bells would ha- usually have this beautiful frequency that would send out this lovely frequency into, you know, the, the surrounds. They took the church bells down and turned them into ammunition. For war. <laughs> so talk about inversion. So those churches that don't have, the, um, and I think this is around the Second World War, because apparently there wasn't enough of, of that particular metal around. I mean, what a load of rubbish. So, I mean, it's just purely about that inversion. Um, what I was talking about with the arenas before too, with, with competitive sports, again, you've got all these people shouting. It's just like, you know, in, in, in Greece when they had people in the, in the arenas there, it's about, you know, and they'd be pitting the Christians against a lion or whatever else, you know. This was about um, misery and torture and filling that space with that horrible energy. We have that now with sports, but it's about the competition. It's about one person wins over the other. It's not about unification. Teams do work together. But it's interesting just to look at, at the moment, there's a lot of furor around the NFL and that it's fake and scripted and that sort of thing. And that, again, is another excuse to get a whole bunch of people together for a lie. Um, and I'm not going against anybody who's really into the NFL. This is just a theory that's been flung around at the moment. Um, but it's just, you know, something interesting to look into. And the arenas are on these crossings of lays too. I mean, these things, these ley lines are so important. And the Satanists know it, the Freemasons know it, but the rest of us have been a bit dumbed down to it. I know until I started photographing the lays in my um on the south coast of South Australia, um, where I live, about 10 years ago. And I started noticing these circles in nature, which is unusual. Um, It would be a a circle around two metres across, um, hovering just above the ground, and it would show up very clearly in photographs. And I was trying to work out why these these perfectly circular corridors, um, and they're easier to pick up when you let your eyes go out of focus. So there's a thing called relaxed vision which a guy called Walter Kilner um, has described, and he's the father of Curlian photography, which is the photography of the aura. So I might have spoken about this with you on the, the psychic podcast that we did. If you take a leaf and take a Curlian photo- photograph of it and then cut part of the leaf off, with the Curlian photograph of the cut leaf, it will still show the outline of the soul of the leaf. It still shows up. It's, it's a beautiful white fuzzy line where the leaf used to be. So that's evidence of the leaf being there before. Yeah, so and so Curlian photography is a way of taking a photo of the person's aura too. You can you can see the colours in the person's aura in a Curlian photograph. It's really pretty cool. Um, and I have a whole, I've devised a whole um, philosophy around those colours too and what they mean for people, which is something I teach in my course as well. So that helps you to find out what your sole purpose is in each lifetime. Because we all come here for a reason. And quite frankly, all the people that are on this earth at the moment with all this crazy stuff going on, we all had to come in en masse. This is the first time we've had this many people on earth, I believe, 
in in at any time on earth. This is the, the biggest number of people we've had. And it's important. So it was so that there'd be just enough people to get to a really high frequency, um, which is the gold soul frequency, all at the same time to bring the earth up to that fifth dimensional level that we're trying to get to, that awakening process, that getting up to a higher level. So, and I believe we're well and truly into that process. So, yeah, so um, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but, um, you know, the every living thing has an aura. Plants have an aura. Uh, trees have an aura. If you look at a tree on a um, on a bright sunny day with a blue sky and and let your eyes go out of focus, so with that relaxed vision, you let your eyes go a little bit cross-eyed and then pull them back so that you're not cross-eyed anymore, um, but you're also not seeing clearly. Um, and then look at trees on a, on a bright sunny day against the skyline and you'll see a fuzzy white line around them. And if you're lucky, you'll actually see flashes of this energy sort of jumping up off the trees. Um, it's beautiful. Same thing if you look at a person against a light background. So I can see your etheric aura really well today, Emma. So it's a fuzzy line around the head and shoulders um, of somebody against a light background. And in the sun, it's easier to see. And if you let your eyes go again into that relaxed vision, you'll see there's a fuzzy line around the head. And it's usually between a centimetre and an inch wide. With people who are really tired and exhausted, it'll be thinner. Um, it's wider with people that are very energetic um, and really take really good care of themselves. So, And you can see that with anybody is if you're watching them in a, in a situation like this on a screen um, with a light background, you can still see it. So yours is quite obvious today, but I know what to look for. So that's something I do teach is how to read auras as well. And if you if you can if you can practice the relaxed vision, looking at people, eventually, if you're lucky um, and if you practice enough, you'll see the color also in the middle aura, which is sort of around this part. Yeah. And so one of the other things I teach as well is how to protect your aura, your soul frequency, from attachments and things. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, having been in a satanic cult and having been, you know, abused by people who had attachments, I'm aware of these things do get in. Um, most people, if they're not depressed, if they're not having really negative emotions, if they're not really, really sick, they won't get an attachment. It's when you're really sick and really distressed that it creates all these um, permeations in the in the outer shield of the aura, and so things can come in and attach. And it's interestingly interesting that they when they do come in, they try to attach, or they particularly go for a spot behind the heart. Um, so that's where a lot of attachments come in. So because they're clever, because they come in from behind where you can't see them and might not um, necessarily pick up that they're there. Yeah, so that's another thing I teach. Like um, I have um, a 432 hertz um, tuning fork and I'll tap that and I'll, I'll pop that around my body every day and under my feet and particularly paying attention to that spot just to make sure if there's anything there, it gets dislodged. And that's part of my tuning myself up each day too to, to work with people because um, I'm no good to somebody if I can't be clean and clear myself. Yes, absolutely. Wow, that is so much incredible information. So I want to go back to, to ley lines real quick. So a ley line is essentially, if I'm getting this right, it's sort of, I picture it almost like a vein going through the earth in a sense, where it kind of is like a life force, like shooting out vital energy in a sense for our earth, but it can be manipulated depending on what is within that energetic field. And so you have somebody like you who can seek these out and breathe more life into it by playing beautiful frequencies or 
I think you've recommended on another podcast to go sing into them, you know, so there's things that we can do to make them bigger and brighter and more, uh, have more vitality. And then on the other end, because we don't know this, there's the Satanists and Luciferians and these cults know about this. So they're going in and committing crimes, building, I guess, uh, for better lack of words, like uh, arenas and other uh, things over these ley lines and energy centers in the world to basically steal that life force and fuel their satanic agendas and things like that. So we're sort of on our end, we have to be able to understand this because we have a responsibility, I think, to go out and do what they're doing 10 times better than they're doing it against them. Exactly. Yeah. And all we need is a critical number of people to do this. So everybody on earth doesn't have to do it. But if enough people who feel the calling to do it will go and do it with the right intent, we can undo the damage that they've done. Um, so again, these these are corridors of energy. So if you're in the cross section of that corridor of energy, you can see them. They're, they're really quite obvious. So it's interesting because I wasn't really aware of what ley lines were until I started photographing them. And the only explanation I could make for what I was seeing and what my guides were telling me were it's a ley line. It's like, oh, wow. And then I'd find myself in a place where there might be a convergence of three or four. And then I would notice that the, where I was standing, there was no plant life. So where the ley lines run, these corridors of energetic um, frequency, the plants and trees try to avoid growing within them. They shy away. So they you can get a bough of a tree that's just the perfect, perfect arc going around a lay. And then you'll notice that the other plants are trying to avoid it. And then if you let your eyes go out of um, into that relaxed vision, you'll see the perfect circle within it. Um, and then you can turn around and take a photograph in the other direction and you might be able to see it from the other perspective because you're actually within it, within that corridor. But where they converge, you'll get these portal spaces where nothing grows. So it'll be just one big spot out in the middle of nowhere. You know, you have trees and stuff all around, um, but this big portal space where nothing's growing, maybe some ground covers, maybe a bit of grass, but not any trees or plants in that spot. And they're the really, really powerful spots. The original Australians knew this information very well and they used those, um, they would mark out the, the portal space and they would use it for their corroborees um, and their sacred um, ceremonies. And so it's interesting, the original Australians have a belief that we are the human beings of the earth are the custodians of the earth. It's our job to keep her safe and keep her healthy. So with their ceremonies, they were doing that. They were putting in the right frequencies. And I'm hoping to partner up with some um, people, of, you know, from 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 those um, lineages to do this work as well. And I'm sure they've probably got much better ideas about how to do it than I have. So that'll be really interesting to sort of partner up. I'm also hoping to work with people in New Zealand who are also, you know, from those cultures that have been there the longest to do the work as well. Um, and obviously in the UK, I've, I've got um, some some people that I'm working with there. So that's the, so far I'm, I'm working in three different countries. I'm hoping also to get some people over where you are to do the same. Um, so, you know, and, and with any luck, it's just going to branch out. Um, and again, you know, the, the importance, the significance of it is the proof of that is that there are so many people on your platform and on so many other platforms that have been in these open-air rituals, they would not take the risk unless those areas, those places they were doing it, were significant and it had some benefit for them. And there is great benefit for them to do this. I've spoken before about a particular company that controls most of the world that has 
the name black and then there's a, another name after that that would indicate a dead earth. And I don't want to say it because I don't want you to be in, in trouble on your channel, but that is the purpose. That is the that is the end game for them is that that's what they're trying to create. They don't want life here, which is crazy when you think about it. But when you talk about the transhumanist agenda, what they're trying to do is create a way to, because they don't want to die and go to hell where they belong, because that's the only, their frequency, that signature will only allow them through a doorway. That's their key to other other um, dimensions. If your frequency is so dark <laughs> that, that you know, when you die, you will get sucked into that dimension or you can avoid it somehow. So this is why they've got the transhumanist agenda. They want us to be going into robots. That's what they're trying to do. If you're a robot on a dead world, doesn't matter that it's dead. You don't need air to breathe. So this is this is their idea is that they can they can have immortality here. That's well, their plan, and a hell on earth, which mm. makes total sense how all of that goes together. It does now. Let me ask you this: so I also see potentially, and I'd love for you to maybe elaborate on this, a relationship between somebody's personal auric field and the world around us. So, for example, how do we interact the best with the world around us. Cause one of the examples that came to mind whenever you were talking about how let's just say somebody, and I know that this wouldn't happen. They, they pick like still secret areas out in nature to go do this. It's not just out in the open visible that most people are walking through, but let's just say somebody really, they were feeling really down. They wanted to go out in nature and their auric field is probably, you know, maybe shrunken and not healthy because they're depressed. And maybe they happen to walk in an area that is also contracted from evil being imposed on these ley lines. Like, how do we best interact with everything around us while also keeping ourselves protected? Because that I could feel or I could think might negatively impact somebody trying to do something good for themselves if they're not aware of what's around them. Which is why it's so important to use energetic protection if you're going to go out into the lay spaces. But again, most people don't even know where they are. So, you know, we've all had experiences, well, I know I have, where I've gone out into nature and I've felt like a gut punch and felt like, oh, I wish I'd never gone there and I'll never go there again. So these are some of the places that get co-opted. Um, and the, the, so some lays can be positive energy and some can be negative. And that depends on, I think, the things that have been done there. So one thing that you can do is to make sure if you're going to go into a space, if you're feeling really down that day, one of the things that I do teach in my course is that one way to replenish our soul, our aura, is to get out in large to, to large bodies of water, where anywhere where um, water slaps up against itself creates negative ions, which is very positively affecting for the soul and for the aura. So it, it fixes up the holes, basically, that, that happen with the negative emotions that we have and with, with psychic attack. Um, another way to replenish is to go out into nature. I guess the best way to do it is to feel yourself. How do you feel about going to a particular place that day? If you're going out into nature for replenishment, how do you feel about it? Because we have our gut instincts, our intuitions, actually really good. And if there's some part of you that thinks, "No, I don't feel like going there today. I want to go somewhere different. Go somewhere different. Go with your gut feeling." It's like you know that road that's less travelled. When you're sitting there and there's a fork in the road, and one road looks grey and dark, and the other one's got a nice sunny disposition. You know, you always go for the sunny one. You always go for the one that feels right. Um, one other way to do it is to use, like I said, a tuning fork, tap that um, a singing bowl, something like that, tap that, sit within that space so that that can also um, 
putting a really good frequency to retune your aura before you go out into a space like that. If you're going into a space that you know has had dark things happen in it, um, take a tuning fork with you, tap it while you're in the space as well, because anything in that space, particularly so the, the tuning forks that I use are 432 hertz. So that's a very, very positive frequency. A lot of the music industry went from 432 hertz to 440 hertz. And the 440 hertz is not beneficial to the living system. 432 hertz is beneficial. So this, I mean, you could, you could, there's books and books and books and, and, and courses on this. So, um, so that's one thing to take into account. A lot of the satanic music that we're listening to is 440 hertz. It's not good for you. Yeah, so I would I would take a tuning fork with you in if you're going into a lay and just tap it um and, and run it through your system um and then sit down in that space and just have the um also call in your higher self. It's probably safest to always work with your higher self because that is a part of you. A lot of people get very frightened about calling in guides because you know we can get misled, but working with your higher self is safe. Um, another way to always do it if you're if you're asking for things, if you want to be protected in that space, ask for your higher self to protect you um, and that you're going into this um, ley line space or portal space, you want to fill it with positive loving energy um, if that is for your highest good and for the highest good of the earth. And so when you say things like if that's for my highest good or the highest good of the earth, if there is any dark entity that's trying to mislead you, that cannot work with you. They cannot interfere because you've you've put that intent into and what you're doing. So I'm I'm not saying to just lightly go out into these spaces. If you're somebody that's very fearful or nervous, or if you've had a lot of psychic attack or a lot of attachments in in your life, it's probably not the work that you're meant to be doing um, until you've got some way of feeling protected and safe to go in. And when I talk about intent, to intend is our most powerful tool. It's our most powerful protection. And it's also our most powerful weapon in this sort of work. So if we have the intent of going into these lays, the intent to be protected, the intent to do the right work for the earth and for all of humanity, for all of our highest, greatest good, then going out and doing the work should give you a certain amount of protection. But you just, you know, you can't go out there. And I don't, I really don't want people to go out there and then get the gut punch like I got one time. You know, you want to go out there with this very strong belief that it's it's you're working for the highest good and you're going out there um on a mission basically and and it's for protection yeah and i would imagine a lot of this probably is very similar with how we interact with other people too since we mix and match our energies with people 100 percent. so when you go to an energy healer you're going into their energy space so same thing if you go to a hairdresser. When you go and get your hair done, you've got someone working with your crown chakra and your third eye chakra. So if they're already dark, if they're gossipy, if they've got, if if they're all about money and if they're if they're they're not such a light soul, if they're a bit of a dark soul, you'll feel exhausted afterwards. And you probably won't go back. So it's interesting, like attracts like. So if you have a really high light frequency and you have a partner who's dark you will rub each other up the wrong way. If you sleep in the same bed with that person, they will get really super energised by your aura if you're the light soul. They won't be able to sleep and you will wake up drained the next day. So I often suggest to people, if, if, if you've got a couple 
and one's ascending way faster than the other and they're having these sleep disturbances, it's it's a good idea to sleep in separate beds or have the biggest bed you can possibly have so that you've got enough space between you. Given that the aura can be up to two metres, three metres wide, you need to have that space. And it's it's sad because co-sleeping is so sweet, but, you know, you've got to be smart about it. And if you're lucky, your partner will go through an ascension process and join you. If not, unfortunately, you know, those sleep disturbances are a sign. <laughs> That's probably It's probably not going to work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, every time you're standing next to somebody, your auras are mingling. So there'll be people that feel prickly to you and you won't even know why, but standing next to them will make you feel very uncomfortable and it's usually because their frequency is very different to yours. And the suggestion is when you get those sorts of feelings just to move away. That's so impactful. I think about that all the time because I feel very sensitive sometimes to certain environments. And I'm sure everybody does to some degree, but I'm, I am like such a kinesthetic feeler. So I'll be out and there's some events or some social environments that I go into and I leave and I I feel like so hyped and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Like I can hardly relax. Like I feel like I'm buzzing. And then other times it doesn't seem visibly like there's anything different, but I'll leave an environment where maybe my energy was the same as it was before going into it. And I will just feel like I have a social hangover and like I need to sleep for five days, you know, right in a row. And I'm like, that's so, it's so fascinating to me how we're consciously unaware of that, but it affects us in such a major way sometimes. And I think it's really easy to almost sometimes like misdiagnose ourselves and be like, oh, I just need more sleep or I I didn't eat enough. And we don't take into consideration, well, was are the environments I'm putting myself into and the people I'm around healthy for me? Am I absorbing stuff that's not mine? Yeah, we're going through this, again, this massive ascension process at the moment. So a lot of people are having to let go, certain friends, even family members, partnerships. There's also this incredible drive at the moment for people to let go of work that is working for the man. It's like working for somebody else that doesn't give you any joy, doesn't feel like it's aligned with what you're supposed to do here. That is full on at the moment. And it has been for the last four years. And in some ways, what we've been through in the last four years, being very careful what I say, has helped people to get to a higher frequency because they may have gone against some of the things that they were being told to do. And that that, that self-righteousness and that decision, I'm not going to do that and I'll leave that job because I'm, I'm not going to do what I'm told in that particular way, then allows them to go into something that they actually want to do out of necessity because we can get, we can get lazy um, and just continue to do the same thing because it's easier than having to actually leave what seems comfortable but may not be fulfilling and do what we're actually meant to be doing here. It's it's a brilliant time to be here, quite frankly. As much as there's a lot of fear porn and a lot of scary stuff going on, it is a beautiful time to be alive. And I love that that's like really such a big part of your messages is this is giving people hope. Like your whole reason for doing this isn't to make people feel helpless and to make them feel disempowered like you're giving people that power back and their knowledge back and giving them practical easy and free things that they can go do anywhere to try to elevate you know the different frequencies on the earth and and even the people around them and themselves you know I think you know I was telling you before we got on here like I fall more and more in love with like myself and humans the more I learn about all of these different things that we're not taught about what our bodies can do 
you know, and I know it, it varies to degree in kind. I know that different people have different uh, tendencies to be stronger or to have practiced different gifts more. But I mean, our humans in general are extremely amazing, amazing beings, you know, and it's so dumbed down in our education that we're just these physical creatures. We have skin and organs. And like you said, we work eight to 12 hours a day and then sleep. And that's all that are, that's all that we are, you know? And it's like, man, it is so beautiful to see how we interact with everything and how much of a difference we can make just being one person for free, just by wanting to have, uh, or I guess I should say maybe vibrate on a higher frequency, you know, to want to elevate ourselves in that way. And I love that you teach people how to do that again. Well, actually, on that note, I think it's important to say too, as each soul gets to a higher frequency in a human expression, we are actually holding our light on the earth and light can pour through us and into the earth and actually help the earth to ascend as well. So it's so a lot of people are, um, when I'm reading for people, I've, I've been getting for the last four years specifically, it happened beforehand, but not as much as it is now. I'll be, I'll be told to let the, the client know that they're not sleeping well because subconsciously on a soul level, they're doing grid work during the sleep. So grid work being, grid work is where people all over the earth are pulling down source energy into the earth and creating like a web across the earth of energy of light whilst they're sleeping. So you're like a battery. So it's actually quite beautiful. So for those people who might feel very frustrated that they can't do what they want to do at the moment, they might not be in that, they might not be quite ready yet to branch out and leave that job that they or, or leave that relationship or let go of the friends or family that are not working for them anymore. Just the fact that you've got this highlight that you're awake at the moment, that you're aware of the things that are going on in the world is actually helping. So yes, it's a great idea to keep trying to push towards doing what you're meant to be here for. But just to be aware that just being awake is actually making a massive difference, I think helps helps a lot of people because it's so incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, a lot of us feel very powerless, but we are incredibly, we are, we are endlessly powerful. Um, this is the problem with humanity too because you get people who just get obsessed with the power and do the things that we've, you know, obviously your platform is all about exposing. We need to work our power, the light power, we need to work that in a way that actually undoes the damage that's been done. And we are doing it. It's just how quickly do we want this ascension process to happen? We want it to happen as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. And so what are some maybe easy tips for people um, to, one, increase their frequency and get it to be higher? And then on the same token, are there some really – I guess key things for people to know that can really plummet somebody into a low frequency. All right. So the higher the frequency you take on, the less likely you are to be able to eat wheat. And I know that sounds ridiculous. It's not the gluten, it's the wheat. And it's because of the way it's genetically modified and um, pesticides put on it. And it's just it's, it's interesting, it's anathema to people who already highlight souls. So if you're coming to a point where you can't eat wheat anymore, you can't eat bread um, because it gives you a tummy ache or it just makes you really, really tired or whatever, that usually is a sign that you're getting to um, pass what I describe as a graduate level. So graduate souls, so if you look at, if you look at all the different colours of the chakras, people who are really dark souls are obsessed with sex, they're obsessed with money and power 
So we, we're talking about people who are in the lower two, that they're, they're two or they're one or two. Um, we're usually governed by one soul frequency. One, one of the chakras usually governs most of what we do. So if you are someone who's governed by the sacral chakra, the orange chakra, you'll be obsessed, sex obsessed, money obsessed, power obsessed, and, and doing better than everybody else in a financial way, having all this power. If you go down to the red frequency, you'll be a psychopath. For those of us who are actually very light souls and want to help, once you get to the, the blue, the throat chakra, indigo and, and crown chakra frequencies, you're getting very altruistic. You want to help. You, you All you want to do in life is how do I help people? For those souls that end up in the red frequency, they're graduate souls that will go to hell at the end of that lifetime if they can't find some way to stay on this plane. Those that get to the violet frequency, they're graduate souls to go off to heaven. So can I ask, is your favorite color I love either violet or, or pink or turquoise? Yes, I love like turquoise green colors and purple. Purple too, yes. I think you're a lilac soul, which is very hard to pick up on. So I'm watching your aura as we're talking. So when you get to that frequency, it's very hard to tell between whether it's pink or purple because it's lilacs, it's in between. So I would say if you're really into the turquoise, Pink souls are very, you cannot tell them what to do. They will do exactly what they feel is right and they're usually incredibly justice-driven. So that would fit with you being a pink soul. Um, your next frequency will be silver and that will come into the outer aura. Um, and that that level, you're actually ahead of, you're ahead, you're ahead of your game, darling, because normally you wouldn't be in a public position until you got to that silver frequency. So you'll get up there very quickly. But I would imagine you're probably already having some skin issues around food, diet, and possibly can't drink alcohol anymore because of the frequency that you've reached. So these are the, some of the things that it's best to avoid. If you're starting to feel like every time you have a drink of alcohol, you feel exhausted or you feel like you might have one drink and feel so ill the next day, it doesn't make any sense. It's because your frequency is too high to take in that toxin anymore. And I'm not saying alcohol's evil. It's just when you get too high enough frequencies, your body can't handle the toxins. Um so, so there's some of the things to avoid. Lactose intolerance can be really, really high for people at this really high frequency as well. So, um, and what I was saying before about, you know, pink souls can't be told what to do. Most people's favorite color is their soul frequency, except for pinks. <laughs> you guys always go for turquoise. I love, so like, so many of my clothes are pink. While you were talking about that, I'm like, I have pink oh, shoes. Okay. Like, I, I like wear wow. pinks, greens, okay. black like purples like those are like all my main colors that I wear I was like she just named all my wardrobe colors <laughs> <laughs> and so that's yeah so that's that makes more sense so I would say you're definitely the pink frequency with um violet souls um so I won't go into it too much but I've, I've got a whole soul color frequency um philosophy and I've, I've got a chart on my website for those who do my course so they can understand a bit better but with each soul frequency comes a whole list of locations that that person's going to be really good at. So for you as a pink soul, children and animals are going to be your number one thing and justice around those is going to be overwhelming and it's going to be your driving force and that fits very well with what you're doing. That's perfect. You're doing your life purpose. So thank you for being one of those people, being one of those shining lights. And you will get more and more in the public eye the more of that silver frequency comes in because that's that higher level that you're achieving and you'll be going up to. And, again, you're ahead of your game because normally people don't get that far in their belly to say, I'm just going to go out there now. I don't care what anybody thinks and I'm going to put myself out there and be public regardless. 
Um, so I would say because you've done it so early, your voice is going to be extremely loud when you get to that higher frequency. You'll be on a bigger, a way bigger stage than you are already. And what you're doing already is really impressive. So what you said before about your journalism and your writing, I know your sub stack is really, really good. So I feel like it might be more in the written realm for some reason. I can still see you on stage and doing all the stuff that you're doing now, but that feels to me like that's the push that you're going in. Yeah, so that fits perfectly with with all, all your frequency and what you're doing, Emma. So congratulations. So that will might help some people to realise, you know, um, again, your favourite colour will we'll tell you. So someone who's a violet soul usually has the crown chakra well and truly open. That is the seat of precognition where you see the future quite well and, and quite often and accurately. Those are healers, healers, healers. They can do healing on any level. So healing can be being a vocalist because you're singing a frequency. Healing can be being a counsellor. It can be an energy healer, kinesiologist, naturopath, any of those areas. Um, not generally the mainstream. So usually souls that are um, throat chakra blue or or indigo will be nurses, doctors, um, not so much doctors, nurses. Um, more your blues is your doctors because the Western medical model just shuts out any kind of psychic ability. You're not, you're not going to get your medical intuitives in the medical profession. You'll get those in the more psychic realms, which is the, the alternative therapists, the holistic healers, those sorts of people, shamans, those sorts of people. Yeah. And it goes for all, all of the chakra colours, so I don't want to talk about it too much because it would just take up the whole, I could talk about it for, for weeks on end. <laughs> <laughs> but it does help people to know if you know what your soul frequency is and you can go off and get a curly and photograph taken. However, sometimes it's also emotion that shows up in the in the photograph, so it doesn't give you a clear picture, unfortunately. Yeah. That is all so fascinating. It's all stuff that's it's there all the time and we're so unaware of it, you know, and I I have lived in a couple of different places in my life on the East Coast. Like I grew up in the woods, then I moved into a big city in Las Vegas, and now I'm in Missouri, like kind of the best of both worlds. But I tell you what, like there is such a difference with the environments that I've been in. Like when I lived in Las Vegas, like at, at a certain point when I ended up moving, like I had to move. It wasn't even a choice. Like I just felt so depleted of my energy and every cell in my body was like, you are going to be sucked dry if you stay here one more day. And I was like just crawling out of my skin to get out, you know. But when you learn about this stuff, you learn why your body reacts to different things. You know, even food, like you said, how that can change. We, again, go back to the physical world and we don't contemplate, well, what's what's my body going through right now? You know, is there inflammation somewhere? Did, did I lose inflammation somewhere? And now my body can't tolerate something because it's getting inflamed anytime it does, Right. And so I think this is so important to help just make people feel more vitalized. You know, we have so many things coming at us every day, whether it's the food, the chemicals in the air, the TV, all the fear porn that's just sprinkled around us everywhere, satanic uh, concerts and, you know, sporting events and stuff like that. And it's so easy to shrink ourselves and to constrict, you know, and sometimes we forget that, hey, we don't, we can separate from all of that. And, you know, go out in nature and revitalize ourselves, or eat better foods or try to figure out what our body's reacting to negatively, you know, that way we can be more functional and interact with the world better instead of just feeling so de depleted of everything. 
And that's thank you for saying that's such a good sign. If you're going to a really high frequency, you will not be able to handle living in a concrete jungle. It just will not work for you. That'll be your number one thing is to get out and touch grass and just to want to be in nature. It'll be overwhelming. Trust it. Living near the ocean too is a big thing, particularly for healers. If you're working with people and healing them on a regular basis, you need to get that negative ion charge. And it's like it's like plugging in a battery. So getting out near near the ocean specifically, big bodies of water, you know. Ideally, where rivers and oceans meet is one of the most powerful places you can be in the world if you're a healer because you can channel that energy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a big sign. And so what about on the other end? Are there a couple key things that people should absolutely avoid that can constrict them really easily that might not even be obvious? I know you mentioned alcohol being one of them. That one seems kind of obvious to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, toxins of any kind. So, um, you know, drugs, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't take anything myself, but um, I know some people use plant medicines for certain things, and I don't have any issue with that. That's fine. It's just, it's when it becomes addictive. So anything that's that's any kind of addiction, um, even if it's not something that you're taking into your body, gambling is an addiction. That also, pornography is an addiction that will deplete the soul frequency, and you just get someone that descends in. They actually get darker and darker because they're doing something that is so against. Soul health is the best way to describe it. Um, one thing to keep in mind too is as you go through the ascension process, you can also get weird things like skin issues that you might not have had before. I've actually had um, skin tags and things just fall off. Um, yeah, so it's like your frequency gets to such a high level that certain things on your skin that might be moles or whatever just fall off. So it seems really weird, but that's something that happens. So that's a sign as well. Um and, and you can get rashes and, you know, if, you, if you're prone to things like eczema, you might find you suddenly have this eczema outbreak as you go to a higher frequency. And so because the body has toxins in it, as you get to a higher frequency, your body cannot tolerate any toxins in it. You're getting more and more pure, basically, on every level. And that usually gets shunted out through the skin. So if that happens to you, don't necessarily freak out. Do whatever you need to cleanse. But really look at your diet. If if there's a lot of wheat in your diet, if um if some of the foods that you, you're not fully conscious of what's actually going in it, there's a lot of stuff now about seed oils and obviously wheat, um and a lot of packaged foods are really just there's no real benefit. You might as well eat the box. Packaged foods are not good for people. Um, and I'm not talking stuff that's really high, highly processed. You know, you you want to avoid that as much as possible. Um, another way to bring your frequency up is to grow your own garden. Because the food that you grow yourself is actually attuned to you. As you go around, if you plant the seeds yourself, if you go around, some people even put them under their tongue, and these are the ones that aren't treated in the packets. These are the ones that you've grown yourself. They put them under their tongue before they sow them because it's it's then that the seeds are aligned to your DNA and what you want from them, the plants will grow. It's it's We work hand in hand. With these, with these, all these beautiful living things around us, we can work hand in hand. And this is all things that people knew about long before we ended up in these concrete jungles and we had the Rothschilds destroying the medical industry and taking herbs and things away from us. So you can do amazing things for your health by just growing your own vegetables. And not everybody has a chance to do that. But even if it's just something as simple as getting, um, microgreens growing you know um you can grow them in, in you know in, a, in an apartment and because it's fresh and you've got to be careful you've got to make sure you rinse them and take if they start to smell do not eat them because you can get salmonella really badly from, from microgreens but you make sure it's healthy it's fresh it smells good 
that that's another way to do it, to take in this living energy that actually is growing for you because it knows you're going to consume it and it grows for you to give you health. So, yeah, there's just some of those simple things. Um, be very careful what you put on your skin as well. So, again, if you can go to the health food shop, I know it's expensive, but get the sort of shampoos and conditioners that are not going to put really bad chemicals into your system. That's another way to do it. Creams on your skin, that sort of thing. You don't have to go out there and do a course and learn how to make it. All. You know, we don't all have to be naturopaths, but just be aware that a lot of the stuff that you'll buy in a supermarket owned by that company that I mentioned earlier this is not for your health. They are trying to make us sick. So avoid those if you can. Yeah, washing powders, those sorts of things as well. Go for the sensitive washing powders because they have very little in them. They are more expensive. But even the ones in the supermarkets, if you go the sensitive brand, they have less of the additives that actually make you sick when you wear that stuff on your body. And fabrics too. I mean, I could go on forever as well. Um, I mean, you don't have to be a hippie and, and live in a commune and, and in a hut. But, you know, you can just make these small changes. If you're having those skin conditions, it can be because you're because you're going through this ascension, your, your body can't handle those toxins anymore. So change what you can around you to, to ameliorate and help you heal so that you won't have those conditions anymore. Because going out and just getting a topical cream and rubbing that on can make it so much worse. That's so interesting. Around the time that I moved from Las Vegas to Missouri, I randomly and I was using like essential oils and it was like essential oils in I think olive oil. It was just a very basic skin sort of like moisturizer that I would put on my body. It was like essential oils mixed with olive oil. And I used it for years. And once I moved, I started developing this rash. And I was like, what is this from? Because I, I like everything that I use is really healthy. I haven't changed anything. So I just started slowly like taking things out and for whatever reason, like something in that essential oil, olive oil mix, one of the essential oils or something, as soon as I took that out, it totally, everything went away and I just only started using coconut oil instead and my skin felt amazing after that. And you have amazing skin, Emma, let's face it. So yeah, coconut oil is brilliant. But it's interesting because it, it's it was even something that like was good for, you know, the ingredients were pretty clean and it still for some reason interacted negatively with me. But that was something I was like, wow, like I think our bodies can change maybe or like we can develop allergies or something. But well, every I, plant has a frequency too. So you might have outgrown that plant's frequency mm. depending on which, which essential oil it was. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And so I wanted to talk to you about like you go so much deeper into this on uh, obviously you've done other podcasts that have covered different elements of this, but you do these workshops that are really special and you really give people deep dives on all of this. You spend a lot of time with people and you give them tons of information on a lot of these topics that we talked about. So I wanted to talk about your business, Six Science, for a minute and let you explain your inspiration behind it, what is sort of your motive with it. I'm guessing it's the same as your core purpose. It all goes together that you want to empower people and and help them develop their spiritual gifts and their life purpose. But I wanted you to talk about this beautiful business that you have. And then also to talk about these, these workshops that you do, because I think for people, so many people on my channel have loved all of the interviews that we've done on this. And I think it's such a, a valuable resource for people if they want to learn more about this, especially you know, maybe survivors or people who are prone to having these gifts, but maybe don't know how to use them or, you know, fear using them. 
um, or don't know how to use them for good if they are using them, you know, and don't know how to sort of move into a direction that's, you know, expanding. So I'd love for you to talk about everything that you do and in about your workshops and of course, where people can find it. Beautiful. Thank you, Emma. So, well, yeah, it's very important for survivors, I think, especially if they've been utilised for their psychic ability. And as we've talked about, central heterochromia is a sign that, you know, it's as plain as the eyes on our face that they know if we've got these abilities or not. So my my inspiration for the name for Sixth Science was that, um, to pun on Sixth Sense, um, I, I know that we need a consciousness needs to be treated like a science because it's the most important thing that we are. We are conscious, infinite souls having a human experience. Everything gets turned upside down here. Everything's all about, in science, it's all about physical replication. You can do this, someone else can do it in another country exactly the same way. That's why, that's our proof. How do you prove the soul? I mean, you know, you can look at the aura, you can take a Kirlian photograph, but people don't seem to value that. So, my reason for doing six science was to say that consciousness is in itself its own science. And I'm quite happy to spend my lifetime trying to prove, bring these things out into people's consciousness. Um, and so what I'm doing with my course at the moment is, is sharing the core principles of what has helped me heal and given my life purpose. So I was conscious of soul frequencies from a very early age and I was it was used unfortunately was exploited and I feel very guilty and you know as much as I'd like to say I've, I've gotten rid of that shame there is still part of me that feels badly because my father would ask me about somebody's soul frequency and then he'd know how he can tr- control that person and because I was so small and so innocent I would just share it um so if we can actually so my way of flipping that around is to help people find out what their own soul frequency is teach them how to see auras it's not a, an immediate thing. Most people in the course, at the end of the course, will know how to see the etheric because it is so obvious, but it does take practice to learn to see the colour. So, But once you know what the colours are around people, you know whether or not you can trust them. So, you know, if you're if you're falling in love with somebody and they're a blue soul um, and you're a gold soul, there are so many levels between blue and gold that you probably won't work out. <laughs> so you can you can sort of come to the conclusion that maybe that's not the best thing for you. Um, it's it's as simple as that. It doesn't mean you can't have love for that person. It just means that they're not going to be on the same wavelength. They're not going to be aligned with you. Blue souls, throat chakra souls haven't got their third eye open yet. They're not spiritual yet. Gold souls are all about spirituality and helping everybody and getting the earth to a higher frequency. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's it's very helpful to know that information. With the first part of my course, I teach about how to actually see the ley lines in nature, which, again, is part of this mission that I have to teach people so they can go out and help bring up the frequency. I think it's also important because I also talk about all of the different otherworldly entities that we encounter on a on a daily basis in our world. We're not just here on the earth and there's no ghosts and there's no lost souls. There are all of, all of these. There's fairies, there's angels, there's all sorts of there's demons interacting elements around us that we need to be aware of to protect ourselves to protect our children first and foremost because most children are psychically open from a very early age when you think about a baby coming in from the other side has all those connections to the other side the veil hasn't dropped over them yet the veil doesn't come in till they're about between three and five funnily enough at the advent of being forced into institutions so they're fully open to all of those things and if they can see 
the dark things in the cupboard um, under the bed, but their mother and father cannot or the adults around them cannot, they are left alone with that and that it can be terrifying and that can lead to lifelong problems like, you know, schizophrenia, which I don't believe is a true diagnosis. It's it's possession and attachments. So we also need to be aware of these things to protect our kids. So I would also suggest um, people don't have to do my course specifically, but for people who have children who see these things, they really need to work out, find some way to learn about how to either pick that up yourself or arm your child for protection. So um, it's another thing I teach is that um, I really don't like mirrors in children's bedrooms. I really suggest if your child's having any kind of haunting, if they're seeing scary things, take the mirror out of the bedroom. If you can, you know, sometimes they're built in and you can't take them out because it's a portal. It's a looking glass. Entities can watch. They can also put fingers of energy through the glass or actually enter through like a portal into your children's space and steal their energy. So people who have things like sleep paralysis, get the mirror out of your room. It'll help. Um, so, you know, I, I go through a lot of that sort of stuff. The first, the first part of the course is basically one big long presentation about all the different entities where they exist within the, electro, um, the electromagnetic spectrum, the fact that the EMF is infinite and we only see this little tiny fraction of it, um, and all those entities exist within different aspects of that EMF spectrum. Um, second part of the course I teach about how to, how to read the aura. Third one's about soul um, frequencies and what your soul purpose is. Um, and then the last part of the course, I basically, we just have a big chat. <laughs> it's a big question and answer session. So and people can ask really private, personal questions if they want to. Uh, it's up to them, basically. So thank you, Emma, for showing that too. Um, it's it's so funny because I, I was so indoctrinated, pressured, programmed never to share my psychic ability outside of the cult. So this is this will be my sixth course coming up in March that I've taught with each course I still go through the conniptions of anxiety coming into it because of the programming but it gets easier each time and I'm finding it's flowing you know more and more easily for me um, and hopefully obviously for the for the course members as well so um yeah it's 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 certainly opened up my world in a lot of ways reading for people one-on-one -on -one, it helps that person but it's it's just one person. This way there's a lot more people that can be helped. And the the other thing about it too is that people can then go on, you know, they can tell their family members if they've got a niece or a nephew or a child that's got some sort of, you know, entity in their bedroom or around them that's giving them grief, they know what to do about that. If you're living in a house that is haunted, it's quite likely got a ley line running through it. So this is other ways that people can work out whether or not they're living in a space that's got a portal or lay in it, and that's why they're having those issues. And if you have got something like that running through your house, you just don't sleep in that bedroom. You use that room for some other purpose. So you definitely don't want to be sleeping in the lays. Even Rory Duff speaks about that in his book um, on ley lines, that some people can sleep and live within and work within the lace for long periods of time and not have any effect, and some people have a terrible effect and they get very, very sick. So it, it's it's like being plugged in constantly to something that's taking your energy away. And again, some layers are positive and some are negative. Yeah, so it's it's certainly um, it's a big joy. It's a big joy to be doing this again. You know, I've been doing private readings for twenty years, and I've been whistleblowing 
for, gosh, 2006, 18 years. <laughs> it's a long time. Um, yeah, this this is probably the what this is. This is the most exciting part of of what I've I've done so far. I'm really really loving it, and the people that I've had are just incredible. Yeah, as always, you know, you get sent the right kind of people to to be part of the course. And I've just yeah, it's interesting because I've you know what I'm basically trying to bring together is an army of light souls to do this work with the lays, and that's what's happening. You know, all of these incredible light minded people, beautiful souls, are coming along to do the work. So, yeah, so that's my website. It's so special. Your ah. journey has been incredible, just hearing it from you. I think about when you first started and how it must have been so overwhelming to just understand what your life was and, like, how do you even begin to heal from that? And now you have to talk about it publicly. You're realizing that you're tied up in these really big, you know, murder cases in a sense and having to advocate for other children also outside of yourself. You know, so I try to picture what that must have been like and how easily it could have derailed you into being homeless and and still being homeless to have had psychotic breaks, you know, and like to just be in a in a spot today that would be so sad to think about you being in, you know, in a space that so many people sadly end up in. And miraculously, somehow, some way, you overcame literally everything that was set in your way. You kept your voice going. You kept speaking out despite, especially back then, 2006. And, you know, back then, I mean, it's hard enough to whistleblow today, much less back then, you know, about this stuff. So just taking all of that into consideration and how brave you have been through this. And then to see your your path lead into you suddenly saying, okay, well, this happened to me. What do I do with it? How can I impact the world with it? What can I create because of it that nobody else can or that nobody else is doing? Or what can I learn and teach people that I wish would have been around that I could have learned, you know, at some point in my healing journey? And it's really amazing, Rachel, how you've taken all these problems and you're creating solutions for it and you're helping people you've been helping people for 20 years and your journey just keeps evolving and keeps expanding, you know, just like auras do your journey is doing the same thing. It's blossoming and, and expanding and you're adding to it and all these different colors are, are joining it. And it's just amazing. I think it's fantastic. And I know that there's been people that did comment that they, that they joined one of whether it's the one that you have this month or a previous one, it's awesome that people are finding you through these interviews. And so I really wanted to share that this is a really special opportunity for those of you listening that are interested in learning more. This has been especially like the central heterochromia stuff, the the psychic side of things and just the spiritual gifts. It reminds people of who they are. It's a piece to this puzzle. And I think it's something that can benefit people to learn about if it's something that you have come in contact with, if you want to understand how the occult works on their level and how we're how we have the ability to combat it. I just think there's so many reasons why we should learn about this stuff because it's something that can empower us to also make a difference even if that's just you going out every day and thinking to yourself how can I bring my frequency higher today? What can I do or change in my life that's going to have a positive impact with the people that I run into while I'm out and about if I'm walking through nature? How can I 
just with myself without spending a dollar impact the world more positively today, you know, and, and this information really helps us in that way, be able to be more, have a greater intention for how we approach the the day. So you still have people are, excuse me, you still have space left for, for people to sign up in your March course, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Can you so tell and kind of what the details are on that one? I'll go back to you. the details here. If you want to share maybe the dates or just a little bit about yeah. that course and then maybe the next one after that for people. So this is a good time frame because I'm in Australia. Um, so 5 p.m. is Australian Eastern time. Um, so for you guys in America, that would be, oh, gosh, oh, no, hang on. No, it's more for the UK market. My my next market for May would actually probably fit better with the American, um, oh, I'm trying to think, yeah, mornings and July as well. July would probably be the better time, actually, for, for the American market. So for those who are in America, July would work better um, because it would be your, my morning is your afternoon of the day previous <laughs> So, so that would be, oh, and obviously you've got different time zones across across the country. For the UK market, it's best to do either the March or May. Um, you sort of European um, group of people, better to do those two. Yeah, um, obviously people in Australia because you've got people from all over the world, haven't you, on your on your channel. Um, th- this would be the time frame. So Saturday afternoons at five. Um, and the, usually the, the, the first session is basically me showing a lot of it's a lot of visual information the second and third session is much more interactive but that first session is very important for basically it sets the tone for all the information that's going to be learned for the rest of um of the course and it usually lasts about two two and a half hours the first session and the other three are all about one and a half to two hours long yeah, so I love that, um, that you and, made all these different times too. So you give everybody around the world an opportunity to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because people get quite upset when they can't go, <laughs> they get to get up at one or two in the morning. It's like, oh, you can't do it at that time. It's like, well, I've got another one coming up. So that's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. Yeah. And so this is at www.sixth, and that's spelled with the number six. With, with the number. Eight. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. number six science.com and i'm going to have that in the show notes and then where else are you on social media rachel well i'm on twitter now because i was being impersonated and it was very right. annoying so i went on twitter um so oh thank you sweetheart and thank you to you otherwise i wouldn't have those followers if it wasn't for for emma that's for certain because I'm, <laughs> I'm up until gosh oh, i don't know four four weeks ago i've i've been on there very briefly since 2017 maybe put up three or four posts so, um, yeah, I'm on there quite a bit now because I don't want to be impersonated on there. I find that infuriating. It's happening everywhere. It's happening on Facebook as well, Telegram. So if you're on my Telegram chat and you see me spruiking for XLRM or whatever, whatever these stupid um, crypto things are, and no offence to people who are into crypto, it's just not me. It is not me trying to sell any of the crypto that you see me, my face attached to anywhere is not me, 100% not me. I don't know anything about it. But uh, do you get the same sort of thing? Oh, yeah. That's why I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's people that go in my Telegram channel that take my exact profile picture that I use, the exact name, and they're like, buy my crypto. And I'm like, that's not me, guys. And, and every day there's someone that says, what are you doing? What are you doing, Rachel? <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to be so discerning on, on any social media now. You're going to be so careful. And it doesn't matter what you do on those platforms. It doesn't matter how often you delete them. They keep coming back in. I don't know how to get rid of them. Yes. And then your Telegram channel is just the same, Rachel Vaughn, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. That's me. So I'm on I'm on BitChute, I'm on Rumble, and I'm on I'm on YouTube, but I think my YouTube channel's on its last legs because I keep getting strikes. <laughs> so I keep trying to push people over to other other channels. Yeah. And I'll have all of that below you guys. So I know that it's a lot. If you type in Rachel Vaughn in your search, you'll get a lot of stuff that comes up with her. There's not many other people that populate whenever you type in her name. Um, but I'll have all of her stuff in the show notes, super easy. They light up as hyperlinks, no matter what platform you're on. So you just go down, click subscribe, and then you're done or follow whatever the prompt is, but keep in touch with Rachel, go check out her courses. I know a lot of you listening have started to get circles of people who are interested in this stuff and who are now starting to listen to survivors like Rachel. And this is another tool. You know, so if you have people that would find value in this, share this episode and or send her website over in the workshop. And I hope that some of you go there and sign up for it. Um, I know if you were listening, you might not have seen all the times, but she has an array of different times that you guys can join depending on where you live in the world, which is awesome. She's trying to create opportunity for everybody. So go check that out. Go sign up for it. Go support her on different platforms. You know, it's so helpful in this movement. It's not promoted very easily in the algorithm. So our channels get very censored. They get very shadow banned. And sometimes it can be hard to even type in the full name of somebody to have their their material come up. Even you sometimes have to literally type in everything like letter for letter. And it's still hard to find the channel sometimes on, you know, places like YouTube and stuff like that. So Rachel does post her updates on YouTube, not the full videos, but she'll tell you where you can find her interviews. I'll have her bit shoot. She usually puts all of her interviews that she does on other platforms there too. So if you guys love Rachel, and I know so many of you do, her whole bit shoot is all of her interviews in one spot. So you guys can go binge watch, which is awesome. I do to her channel and I have to her channel. She has some awesome stuff there. Um, and then of course, go follow her on Twitter and other social media platforms too. It's so good to have eyes on them. It shows the enemy that we are watching. And that if they try any funny business that we have their back, you know, we need to be an army for survivors. We need to stand behind them and beside them and, and stand up for them, you know, and, and being able to support them on their platforms is one way we can do that because it's not very easily promoted in the algorithm. So I'm going to have all of that below you guys, please share Rachel's content, go follow her, support her, lift her up, hype her, go love on her. She's absolutely amazing. And Rachel, I just want to thank you again. You're such a ray of light. And I always feel I feel like my aura just expands talking to you. You're such just a beautiful soul and you, you give people hope, you know, you're such a ray of light. And I just want to thank you for all the work that you've done 20 years of helping people, you know, despite carrying your own story and all the heaviness that that has given you. And, and you make so much room to hear the worst things that other people have gone through, you know, and, and you become an ear and a heart for somebody else to lean on. So I just want to thank you for your selfless servant servanthood to humanity and to survivors and for everything that you're doing thank you so much emma well same to you darling you're, what you're doing is incredible too and again very much aligned with what you're supposed to be doing so thank you so much for having me on it's my honor and hopefully you'll come back again i could talk to you for 10 million hours so we just love you <laughs> you're amazing 
So you guys, I'll have all of her information below and mine. Thank you guys so much supporting. I love you all with my whole heart. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time.